So the title of this evening's talk is Conclusion Binging. We tend to binge, uh, binge on quite a, a few things. Binge on food, binge on Netflix, binge on um, whatever it may be to help us deal with our life, to get rid of difficulty and maybe do something um, might be flooded with uh, doubt or suffering or difficulty of some kind. So Conclusion Binging may be a Vague title or may not be too accurate, but it conveys the binge. The binging part is that we do it kind of compulsively, uh, and we do we try to conclude things that are difficult or confusing or that we want more information about, or we want to know is this good or should, should we do that? Shouldn't we? Is this right or wrong? Or what should we do? We go back and forth, and sometimes we we just impulsively uh, conclude. We just come to a conclusion. It's like sometimes we'll hear ourselves saying in our own minds here, well, "I gotta, I gotta." I got to decide this. I've got to, you know, really have to decide things in the way that the self-centered mind, the ego mind is constantly, uh, repetitively coming to conclusions. I like it. I don't like it. It's good. It's bad. It shouldn't be that. They shouldn't be doing that. And you, not just you, but me. That's all I know about it. And it's not about stopping that or correcting that or being another person or being a person who doesn't do that. It seems to be necessary to really be aware of the way in which you may be doing. Maybe you don't do it much, but occasionally we, when we're, when we're in the process of giving something our attention and we're receiving something that's coming our way because it gets a little stickly, sticky or prickly or difficult or challenging or, or brings up a sense of not knowing or a little bit of confusion coming along with that before the, the words are even out of the person's mouth or before we actually have, have a time to actually what should we say? Contemplate that without having an opinion about it. Have you noticed that? How sometimes you you just can't hardly stand the space of not knowing. So often I say, don't believe a, thing, a word I say. But if you're here, if you're in this room, if you're listening or watching or whatever, you could give me the benefit of the doubt. You could consider what I'm saying. Quite often we don't really realize how quick we shut out the very thing that we would really might value or might might be interested in understanding or seeing or witnessing. Because we're so anxious to conclude. We need to conclude, conclude, conclude. We binge on it. And one of, as I said, the words don't fit appropriately, but I can't think of anything else other than that. So, and again, and again, and again, and again, it's about seeing that, not stopping it. Because if you try to go in and, um, do surgery on something you have not really looked at clearly, then uh, that surgery, even though it might be fairly helpful or accurate or effective, if you were to really look at the situation as it is, maybe it does need surgery. Maybe you do need to go in and remove that activity, remove that impulse uh, in some uh, direct and penetrating way. Or perhaps just seeing the process, the reactivity of the mind uh, coming out of fear, coming out of not knowing, coming out of needing a reference point uh, to jump to something else. We actually avoid the very situation that is in front of us, whether it be a conversation we're having with a neighbor, or with a friend, or with an enemy, for that matter, or we go to something else. We actually abandon the very situation that's in front of us, which perhaps may be full of uh, much deeper understanding than the shallowness of the conclusion. The conclusion gives the self-centeredness some kind of, you know, what, street cred. You know, you suddenly get, or at least you know something. At least, you, at least you have a conclusion. At least you know what to do about it. At least, at least, at least. How many times do we use that word? 10, 20, 
well, at least I'm Caucasian. Probably never use that one, do you? <laughs> Not a good idea. But we, we tend to think like that. We tend to go back to, uh, to standards about ourselves and about others and about what the situation is. You do not have any idea what, uh, what your next neighbor is dealing with in their karma. Don't judge them. And if you do judge, at least be aware that the judgment is based on your own peculiar affinity for craziness. I'm not calling you crazy. Uh, you are crazy. And you're crazy uh, in a way that not in the conventional sense that you need medication. It's just that we spin around and we don't really look clearly or sanely at our world. We come at it prepared with all kinds of preconceptions, judgments, conditioning, enculturation, and just basically bull. It's not that it doesn't have some truth to it. Of course, it has some. Otherwise, we wouldn't be hooked by it. But you could really find out what this is for yourself. You could actually see for yourself without any of the laws, rules, uh, cultural uh, values, uh, including ethics. You could actually see this. I'm not saying we don't need laws. Of course, we need laws. But you can actually bring your mind into each situation with a sense of, uh, of openness and, and uh, a willingness to understand deeply what any given situation is, because there are no two situations that are the same, even though they mo- might fall under the same law or rulership or, uh, or custom or um, um, uh, structure. Kind of a useless stick. I know where there's something that's useful. So I'm ready. I'm ready for questions or re- to respond to questions. Not that I will have an answer, but I'm ready if you would like to. Um, that being said, I'm still assigned to go on uh, speaking about this. Nishikai. Is, can you have conclusions? Something that we actively do, or does it happen on its own? Well, I think that that's. Uh, I'm using that word, and even the the, the con- the conclusion part is is quite powerful, and we all see that. But the binging part, you might not notice that you're 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 going in and you repeat you're you are repeating, not accusing you of anything. Maybe this isn't doesn't uh, include you uh, or exclude you. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe there is no concluding going on with you. But it looks like it is. It looks like it is here. It looks like it is there, and it is about seeing that, not stopping it. In other words, don't conclude that you're concluding and now you've got to stop concluding and that's your conclusion. You know, painful. It's so circular. When, when the circle is described that way, then it gets really ridiculous. You do that. You go in circles and in circles. I like it. I don't like it. I like it. It's, it's, we're having a lot of success. Things are going in the toilet. We're having a lot of success. The whole world is going around and around that way. Now the world seems to be full of dictators. I'm not sure why. But there they are all over the place. Everybody's showing up. And there's all kinds of worshippers of the dictators. Looks like uh, rebirth to me. When we begin to wean ourselves off of conclusions, it feels like that space is incredibly uncomfortable. That's a that's a conclusion. Quite a place. How do we, um, out of that discomfort, not go back to the safety of conclusions? That's good. Uh, so I would say don't maintain anything, but notice, notice the, the lack of stability in that, that, that we do go back and forth. The awareness that uh, the traveling back and forth and back and forth is a kind of movement, but the awareness that sees that happening is not doing anything. It's not joining. It's not refusing. It doesn't believe it. It doesn't disbelieve. It's doing nothing in particular. Now, so weaning yourself off, it might be not a, might not be a bad way of saying it, you know, by not feeding into it by seeing it there will be a lessening of the 
of the grasping quality there, and it will, but it may not come uh, in. It may not come in the um, uh, the timing you would like. You'd like it to come to an end. So they may that may or may not occur. You may you may have to settle, so to speak, for just the awareness of it. Uh, sometimes this is a um, you know, talked about in a way where you may have to be aware of a lot of negativity coming and going before you see it so thoroughly that it just collapses because it no longer gets any support by being accepted, rejected, or looked with or ignored. Anything that's happening gets its fuel or its the propulsion from opposition, agreement, or ignoring those three. So if you're looking at it clearly, those three will begin to dissolve because you're no longer frightened by that. You could even say that you're not separate from it. Yes. Is the fear of conclusion still? And we have, the fear comes up and we're not sure what it is, so then we conclude we're, we're afraid of something. So I'm wondering about that discomfort of feeling like you're not having a conclusion, but there's still um, some sort of instability there. And if that's just a subtle, still a, a subtle attachment to, I guess I'm just still trying to understand what looks like no conclusion still might be a form of conclusion. Yeah, if you're concluding, you're not concluding, then not, it's a, you're, 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 missing, you're missing what's happening. If you conclude that, well, I'm not really concluding anything. I'm pretty open. You ever heard, uh, been talking to someone and, and when, when they tell you that they're open-minded yeah. and you know that they're uh, anything but open-minded. People who are actually open-minded would never say that. People who actually uh, live in more of an open dimension where they're, uh, if you're actually uh, allowing other people to be who they are, you'll go unnoticed. People won't say, oh, they're so open. If somebody says, is it you're so open or somebody else says somebody else is so open, probably not. Probably a little bit, maybe, but fundamentally not. If you run into somebody who is open, they're practically invisible. Yes. Sometimes you talk about natural boundaries and artificial boundaries. Are there natural conclusions and artificial conclusions? Fire is hot, natural. Water is damp. <laughs> so there's natural and. I don't know if that's what you're asking about, but then there are other ones that are more, uh, more complicated, more. So that's why it's not that there isn't something there that you could, that could, that is conclusive, but you just about have to, just about, you have to respect the dynamic that's happening there because it may not be doing what, uh, what it, you may be getting in the way of that based on your own wish or something to be different than it is. It's called getting getting in the way of just the natural hierarchy of things, the natural karma that is coming and going. We do it all the time. And one of the ways we do it is we judge other people. If somebody's doing something that we think is wrong, we, we don't give them any room at all. We immediately, oh, they shouldn't, they shouldn't be doing that. And we would do it up with ourselves. We quite often, if we have negative thoughts about somebody, we might immediately we won't, might justify it, or we might add on to it or elaborate on to it, or we might gossip about it with someone, or we might scold ourselves for thinking such thoughts. They're not that different from each other. Doing anything with what arises other than being aware of it or, or observing it is uh, probably making it more difficult. Okay. How can we see or understand what, uh, what natural conclusions arise in relationships abroad? So an easy way to do that, and I'm not saying it isn't more involved than that, but an easy way to do that is whatever occurs, don't agree, don't object, don't look away. 
Don't agree with it. Don't disagree. And don't distract yourself from it into something else. Very simply. And that's not easy because the tendency is to join in with something, to move away from something, to have some kind of positionality just based on uh, the imputation that everything is separate from you and doing its own thing and you're doing your own thing. That's a artificial, that's a, uh, a, a mocked up kind of freedom. Sometimes we'll hear somebody say, well, I just have to be me. It's a very subtle way of, or maybe not so subtle, of lying to yourself as if you have some say-so about this. Like you decided to be born, decided to be a, a man or a woman or a vegetarian. We don't have that much say-so, but something we do have is we could actually receive whatever is showing up. It's like, receive. if you watch our little newest resident here, Rumi, he's on receive just about all the time, unless he's playing the drums. And, but the rest of the time, he's just receiving. You can see it in the, the way he looks. It's like he's, everything he's looking at for the first time. You could try that, yes. Do we have any say-so in what we receive? You have some say-so if you stop adding to it. It's like if you do something, any something, say something, and if I am not receiving, then I'm adding on to what I think you're saying. If I hear what you're saying, I won't know what you're saying. If I actually hear what you're saying, now I will, but I won't know it as you're saying it. I won't, I won't jump away from what you're saying into what I think you said. You can look in, look in anyone's eyes sometime when you're having a conversation with someone and you can, if you're looking for it, you can just see where people just kind of, you can see almost, it's almost like there's a little dial on top of their head. I no longer am listening to you. You notice that little dial? I'm listening, but not very much. Yes. When you look in that situation, if you're actually hearing like what I'm saying, you said you don't know what I'm saying. What's happening now? I have no idea what you're saying. Does something else come in front of that? Not unless you're afraid of something. If you're afraid of being a fool, then you might be on, you might, might be cranking up stuff all the time to make sure you got down what's happening so you'll know what to say back or so you can, uh, participate in what's commonly called a conversation. Go ahead. I'm trying to relate that to my experience because like I was talking in book study today and it's pretty much all the time, like I want to hear what you're saying, but I just get flooded with just a bunch of random stuff like I'll really try to like focus on what you're saying and I have no idea but then I I know that I can hear you but I'm I'm completely somewhere else you want my feedback is that getting in front of what you're saying apparently I don't want my feedback <laughs> yes I want your feedback you're lazy <laughs> no not lazy I'm just saying that but what the downside is your experience of having that happen and thinking that that shouldn't be that way am I correct but what is actually happening, if I may say, if I have your permission, something is happening and you second the opinion or you judge it or you add something to it. There's nothing to add. Everything is happening exactly how it needs to happen. What you're missing is a clear understanding of dependent origination or that everything that appears as a separation, including your thought patterns, including this human form and including this form, including this useless stick, are happening out of dependent origination. You cannot trace it. So whatever happens, do nothing with it other than receive it. If it's moving, receive it. It's a thought. It's an idea. Don't conclude. Yes. So is that that feeling of leaving what you're saying not an addition? It's awareness. You don't have to accept it, reject it. You don't have to stop leaving. No manipulation of that. Just just watch that you shut down. You're doing it now. Yes. <laughs> 
it seems like in teaching situations, if somebody asks you a question and you respond, and that person starts to not listen, that you continue to speak anyways. You or me? You. I do? Seems like it. You sure? I didn't notice that. What do you guys think? No? Okay. Go ahead. Uh, so, when somebody's kind of listening to you and you see that they stop listening, do you, is it helpful to stop talking? Okay, to say that it's helpful, you've already abandoned the whole thing and you're looking for some kind of should I or shouldn't I? If you're doing should I or shouldn't I, you're, then you're lost in separation. You're lost in not only the separation of your own uh, imputed identity as a separate being, separate from the world and separate from anybody else, but also imputing or believing in they're actually separate, that everything is separated into its own individual deal. So don't do anything unless you have to. And then if you have, that means that you will, it's called uh, patience. You won't do anything. You won't do anything. And then you'll notice the the, um, the uh, bewildered look on the person's face. You'll say, what are you saying? <laughs> I'm being silly, but I'm just saying if you're there, you, there will be a sense of knowing what's being said without actually having the understanding of it all laid out in conceptual form. So you receive it just like when uh, it's, it's like uh, receiving thoughts, the same thing you receive a color or a fragrance. Same thing. It's uh, thinking process is uh, is not all that's uh, what does they say? How do they say it? Not all it's cracked up to be. It's valuable. We need it, but it runs just fine without your interference. Thinking process is just fine. That's uh, 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 smelling, tasting, hearing, uh, seeing run just fine without any kind of commentary happening. When I say out without any commentary, I'm saying without the extra commentary. I'm making damn sure you know what that is, and sh should it be allowed in here? Or should you stop it? Or should you add to it, or is it worth anything? Should I even think about it? what should I conclude about this? Or I guess in that instance right there, like, I started not paying attention to what you were saying, but you continue to speak, and I noticed that when I <laughs> do that, I missed it. When I'm interacting with somebody, and it looks like they're shutting down on what I say, that I tend to just trail off with that and stop speaking. I wouldn't. I wouldn't do anything. I wouldn't come up with a with a conclusion about how you should function ahead of time. So, so I notice, and you notice, and we all do. You, you notice how you're talking, and sometimes uh, someone's talking to you. And sometimes you'll notice that you fade, you, you kind of abandon them, or go into, you know, what you're going to buy at Walmart when you get there, and then you come back in, you go back out. Just be, just observe it. You don't have to correct that. You don't have to try to be present. Just like a sitting meditation. <clears throat> Quite often, it's thought like, well, you need to follow your breath. You need to make sure you all stay in the room. Uh, it's just a misunderstanding. You don't have to do anything uh, other than, if you're listening to me, hold still. It's the movement of the body that that uh, that makes the body-mind function in a way that is not particularly open to what's happening. It tends to close down based on causes and conditions that have been happening since beginningless time that creates the situation called a human being. Shoka, formerly known as gene entry. No. <laughs> I don't know where that came from, but were you ever a cowboy? Something. Yes, sir. It, to, to speak of a very specific um, experience and occurrence and just ask for advice, my manager, current manager, has a lot of trouble and is very communication. Um, I and other people have noticed that if you 
want to speak something different, you have to sort of pitch it in three different ways, two or three, before she will understand. Um, and she will often. What kind of work, if I may ask? Yeah. Um, what kind of work do you credit do? Credit you. Okay. And so, how can I communicate in a way that is more than mindful? And how can I practice you know, compassion when there's a lot of frustration around that? Mm. Um, so, not knowing the specifics of the situation, so as much as you can, uh, listen. I wouldn't, unless it's absolutely necessary, I wouldn't offer it and make her, make her drag it out of you. I mean, if she, if she's your boss, that means that whole situation has got to work. And it's only going to work if she can, if there's some kind of cooperation going on. And if you're feeling, uh, and of course, I don't know the situation. I don't know her and don't, don't know you, but I'm just saying less is probably better. A- ask, ask questions rather than say things to her so that she gets, so she'll get to the point of a woman, right? Person. So, so she may get to the point where she's actually has to have the information that you have, but I wouldn't volunteer too much. Also, the other thing I would recommend if you don't do it already is meditate, train your mind. So you're more, so when you see confusion in the form of another person, uh, you understand that more clearly because you've seen the confusion in terms of this person, meaning that person. If you, if you're not clear about this confusion, you'll project this confusion off on others and then try to solve it or deal with it or blame this. Obvious way is blaming others for how you feel, and, and so it's a it's a valid mistake because we it's very since we're not separate fundamentally, it's very easy to blame someone else for how we feel. But we're not fundamentally separate. That area that is uh, is not separate is hard to see because we're busy being somebody. We're being a person, the person who can't get ahead, the person who's a failure, the person who's been put upon, the person who's been stolen from, lied to. We just keep being that person who's caught in the matrix we call human life. So I would just go slow and uh, and be on receive. You know, a- ask her. Uh, you might even, ha- and I'm not sure about this, and I'm not a, a, a psychologist, but I would say I might ask her how she's doing more. Yeah, not not as a not as a manipulative thing, but just ask her how she how she is. Sounds like she might have some difficulty with this communication. What do you think? How's it look to you? The way that it often looks is that she's the type of person who sort of asserts knowledge or dominance over people by making them feel like the questions that they're asking are ignorant. Oh, I just quit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I'm just being silly. But, I'm, but you know, it might, it might somehow that person got into the position, the position they're in through some kind of, she'd have to be have a little bit of communication skills or she couldn't be in there more than likely. But we've seen it go the other way, so. It sounds challenging, but be on receive as much as you can. In other words, pay a lot of attention to how she's doing, not just what she says, but how she acts. You'll find that you know a lot more about anybody if you just watch, not judge, but how they move their hands when they talk, how they, how much they look you in the eye when they're talking. Somebody uh, just looks away. Uh, it's not that I'm not going to tell you what that means because that's a misunderstanding. But you'll know what that is. You'll have a better idea of who you're dealing with. The more you can receive everything that's coming forth in terms of sound, space, body. When I say body language, I don't mean information. I'm just so beyond receive as much as possible. Then when you do say something, uh, you might have a little bit more, shall we say, accuracy in coming into the place where her ear flaps are actually open for a second. Because she's probably, uh, she's, to put it fundamentally without even meeting her, she's probably suffering intensely. 
on some level. And the only way she can get rid of the intent of the suffering is to blame others or accuse others or make it, make it very, like, very difficult for those around her. And that gives her some kind of relief, more than likely. I don't know for sure, but it sounds like that. Look, anything else? Yes. I also, I love this talk. It's just, it's hit me like right between my, <laughs> in my, in my forehead. Um, I feel like right now I'm in a situation where in my life prior, things would come easier to me and I would know, oh, this is what's going to be next, or this is going to be next. And I have no clue at this point. And that causes me a lot of anxiety. Mm-hmm. So how, what are some of my first steps? Meditate, train your mind, sit down, get to know yourself, spend a lot of time sitting down, doing nothing but just watching. Hold very still, it's just basic meditation. Hold very still, you don't have to be a Buddhist, you don't have to come here, do whatever you want, but if you want to find out what's actually happening, it seems necessary for any human being to sit down and hold still and watch the way in which we keep making stuff up and keep making things worse for ourselves based on hope for something else or Fear of something else. Something else is coming and it's painful. So do that for a couple of years. Get back in. <laughs> I, I mean it. I mean, it's, it's time. You know, we've been around here forever. I'm not talking about past lives. I'm just saying human beings have been around for uh, forever. We're not separate from any of them. The ones that are alive and the ones that have passed and the ones that are coming. We're not separate from them. And so give it a few years. Train your mind. Sit down, hold still. Watch, watch it so closely that eventually you begin to see the way in which you're creating more difficulty for yourself. I think sitting still is probably the hardest thing to do. That's easy. Just sit down like that. Watch. <laughs> What's hard is to stay there. That's hard. But do it in small bits. Sit, sit down, uh, get a bell, or if you don't have a bell, get a water glass half full of water, hit it with a spoon, sit there for five minutes. And don't move or sit there for three minutes or 30 seconds, but don't move and do it in a very definite way. At some point, you'd be sitting for 25 minutes. And the movement is, uh, as long as you're acknowledging the movement, you don't really have to do it from a bell ring to a bell ring. But a lot of stillness seems to be important. If your leg starts to hurt, then move your leg and, and stretch and everything and then and come back to stillness again. It's the stillness part that is quite often missed. Not rigid, I'm not talking about uh, stiff as a board or and doing that for hours on end. I'm saying 30 seconds, three minutes, but make sure it's very still so that anything else that is moving doesn't get lost in, in, the, in the movement of the thought process. So the body mind are not separate, but we need to separate them temporarily so that we can watch the movement of the consciousness, which is rampant. It's all over the place, making a mess of things. Good luck. Choose on. Are all conclusions misunderstandings? Sure. I mean, some can be very harmful and some are, are benign, but anytime you, every conclusion is like this. And it's not about getting rid of that. It's just noticing that things shut down and they shut down. Going to sleep is a conclusion at night. We conclude consciousness of this form and go into another form of, we, we abandon this realm for uh, another layer. You could call it a deeper layer. You could call it a more rarefied layer, more subtle. Call it anything you want, but it's it's definitely some kind of conclusion. Something isn't picked up in any of the sense fields. Um, is that a kind of conclusion? It might be an intrusion. Like, you know, I mean, you're sitting there and a mouse runs across the room. 
and you're right in the middle of watching a really interesting commercial. Sorry, I just can't help it. We just had a, a three mice in our house. We caught all three of them. I think so. One's this way, and then the other one's that way. And, and, and the traps are right there, and they run right by them. Run up to the trap and smell a little bit, and run away. Irritating. Yeah, up on the sofa and right down behind her. They usually don't do that. Usually they're more respectful. Of their conclusion. Yes. You have a question? Yes, sir. Are assumptions the same as conclusions? Uh, the conclusion is more uh, active. Uh, the assumption is just is more stable, more fixed. We just we just assume that's true. No investigation. Uh, all all relative truth, whatever it is, is, is limited in its uh, it's not only as in its duration, but in its uh, uh, veracity or in its validity. It has some truth, but it's you know you could say that piece of wood uh, not on fire yet. Just a way of talking about it. Anything that's happening is not going to last. So anything we conclude is is in the process of crinkling and tumbling and and going back into the elements, going going back as as they say. Uh, the more scientific people say, energy is always changing forms. If we see a conclusion, how do we receive it without believing it or fighting with it? Well, you have to notice notice that you're fighting and notice that you're believing. That's enough. You don't have to. Go, you don't have to lock and load or go into any more warfare to manipulate and try to get so you're not doing it. Because that's also another form. That's disbelief. Belief, belief, disbelief, and uh, ignorance looking away also. You have no idea what that is. You've disconnected totally by distracting yourself into something else. And it's about being aware of those modalities and watch how they, how they come and go and come and go. And you will notice after a while that which is aware and is not necessarily looking for results, but just just awareness, just what is arising in the field of awareness. Eventually, you, uh, without even being coaxed or coached, or particularly, will begin to see who's witnessing this. Is is there a witness to whatever is happening? Is there a witness to the confusion? Witnessing is witnessing, or awareness is witnessing, and it's a it's kind of an astonishing thing. It's very profound, and it's. Totally flat out ordinary. It's like beige. It's just flat. There isn't anyone. You can't find anyone. In these uh, intense political times, especially today with uh, impeachment uh, resolution being taken, and a week from today, our president will be here in Battle Creek uh, speaking Mm -hmm. at the arena. So it seems like there are lots of conclusions in that larger sense. Mm -hmm. What What's the best way to look at that without drawing a conclusion? Just see that you draw conclusions. It's pretty hard not to draw some kind of conclusion. And it's interesting. Uh, people are going opposite ways with the conclusions. There's very few, very little middle ground there. It's like it's wrong or it's right. It's very intense. It seems to be happening all over the place, all over the world. And I would say don't do much. I mean, don't stop yourself from doing that. You may go one direction or another, but just be aware. And when you're aware, you'll notice that there's nothing that's really static. But all of that is, uh, um, yeah, whatever position you take, I'm not going to go into the political part, but whatever your position you take, just, and use your imagination, uh, anybody who's listening, just take the, uh, just take whatever position comes up naturally, just move your awareness over and do everything you can do to take the other position for five minutes. You can do it. 
they're not separate. It's astonishing how 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 uh, uh, this is uh, completely our responsibility, and completely we lack the ability to respond because of our belief and our disbelief and passion, aggression, ignorance. Nothing can be corrected. If you see a volcano erupting, uh, you don't march up there with picket signs. You shouldn't erupt. I'm not being silly. I'm, I'm not. I'm not endeavor. I'm not trying to criticize anybody from what they're. What they're doing, they should do that if they feel like they should do that, of course. But you might want to train your mind so that the mind that goes towards any direction of for or against is has some clarity based on what this situation actually is. It's dependently risen. There's no solid being, self, or identity anywhere. If those minds aren't separate, how can a trained mind function more clearly? Well, probably can't from the point of view of the way you're asking it. But you have to see that. There, there's no mind that can. Aha, train, uh, function more clearly. That's a relative situation. That's more about therapy and, uh, making right choices and all of the things that are happening in the mundane path of getting better, improving. I'm not against psychology or philosophy or psychiatry or any of that. Uh, sometimes that's maybe the only direction we can take. But if you're listening to me, I would say sit down, look at the wall, look at the floor, hold still and find out who you are. So there's no doubt that you know who you are. And that identity may not come up as somebody's name. Or a particular idea about things. You know, the way I say it's not separate. It doesn't mean there isn't something happening, but it, it's not separate from anything else that's happening. If it is, then we're going to have warfare. Two questions from Benjamin in Florida. Okay. Does, does the witnessing happen in words? In what? In words? Probably not. I'm not saying that couldn't show up in some way that, you know, we were going to talk about it. I'm saying there's some, could be some aspect of it, but probably not. Words are, are, are conceptual, uh, very much solidified concepts. They have a, usually have a couple of vowels, maybe an, uh, what's that other parts of speech, uh, noun. No, that's an actual word. Um, an adjective, is that part of it? No, that's, you know what I'm saying. Or he knows, uh, Ben knows what I'm saying. Is it Ben? Yeah, you, I'm saying it's not that it, there couldn't be a quality of that happening, but the actual insight into it, is is without uh is without any reference point. It's without a, a oh I got it. If you if something comes up, I think I understand that. Uh, a little suspicious. The second question: What are the possible ways to speak about conclusions without making what you say a conclusion? <laughs> I know you tried to trap me, <laughs> but I'm untrappable. So as I've said many times. And I'll say it again. It is not about stopping something or starting something or doing something different. It's only about being aware of it. Your particular karma, my karma, anyone's causes and conditions that arise that give me my appearance, my age, my uh, uh, sexual orientation or anything else uh, is, is untraceable. We can't find the first cause for anything. We can't find the first cause for Shoka's yawn. But it's probably lack of sleep. But it might be a really bad bed. Or it might be nightmares. Anything else? No. Boredom with a Dharma talk. <laughs> oh, could be. So I would say you're uh, you're kind of on the right track by looking at that, but don't do anything more with it. Just look at that and notice that that's an area that's very. Um, it, it doesn't anything that starts to show up as something substantial is probably something you're imputing or imagining about it. So we tend to imagine things so we can have a reference point. Uh, no reference point feeling is, uh, might take a little time to get used to, but you can do that. 
you brought up something like if we have like a oh I got it um, moment. I noticed like I can have that quality with any kind of understanding with um, maybe some relative thing, but there's a relative understanding that I shouldn't have like this. I got it sensation, so I go the other way with it and and just ignore that I feel like I got something and it goes under the radar. Is there a way to bring bring our presumptions into the forefront to look at them? I, I think it's just a matter of repetition. You're you're living in a monastery. You're you're sewing your robe to become a monk. So you're pretty serious about this. So I would just say it's a matter of just continuing. Not everyone has to do that, but apparently you're so crazy, you, you have to do that. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> so anyway, you're doing this, and I would say it's just a matter of repetition. Just continue to practice, continue to... It takes a while. It's, it's time-consuming. Sometimes you can practice your whole life and uh, not ha- particularly have the fruition that you were hoping for. Uh, that's part of the disappointment. Fruition you're hoping for is not the actual fruition. Fruition, the fruition that you will get is the fruition that you were was already here before your parents were born. The fruition is already the case. Ground path and fruition, suffering, uh, training the mind and uh, realization or awakening are already the case. They're just spelled out that way because people need something to work with. It's already the case. Just stop objecting to your own awakening. Go ahead. When there's just more and more repetition to do, how can I be kind to where I'm at on the path? Kind to it? Or appreciate it? Yeah, just, I think you're doing it. I mean, you couldn't ask that question if you weren't, if you weren't looking at that and looking at the way you're, you're challenged by it. Or you're, I'm just saying, look at the challenge. Don't get rid of the challenge. Don't, don't try to fix yourself based on a, a, a misunderstanding of the nature of the mind, thinking that it's some separate thing that needs some kind of special dose of, uh, some kind of medication. Most medications are cover-ups. It's rare to find a medication that actually solves the, the, the just solves the situation. All of them had come with some kind of not going into that, but even med- meditation practices come with some kind of a problem around creating more circularity, more spiritual materialism. Two questions from Greg in the UK. Yes. By looking and not finding a self, is that a conclusion? No. No, it's not. The second question. Isn't it impossible to find the self if the self is the one that is looking? Yeah, you can't find it. Wasn't that his question? Well, that's my answer. You can't find what you're looking for. If you think you can, this is samsara. Life and death and suffering and pleasure and suffering and pleasure and suffering around and around and around. It's, uh, as Trung Parampaje once said, uh, it's, uh, it's the final disappointment. Uh, realization itself is fundamentally disappointing from the point of view of ego. Ego is not going to get its way. Ego cannot march into uh, enlightenment. Ego does not become enlightened, nor, nor does it have to go away. It's fine if it wants to hang around. Earlier in the talk, you said conclusions are shallow. How is that the case? Because, because it's deep. It's con- conclusions are, are, we settle for a surface understanding of it, and it has a relative truth to it, so it seems solid. In some way, it seems like, well, it's there, we're there, that's the conclusion. We can even have our neighbors conclude the same thing or something similar. So we get feedback from, that's what conversations are about. We have a conversation with somebody about something, we'll notice that we have similar conclusions. It's called, what, friendship. But actual friendship may not look like that at all. Actual friendship may be much different than that, than someone who just supports you in the middle of your neurosis. If you, go ahead. What is deep? 
it's uh, endless. There's no, there's no, there's no bottom. It's like the, the image that's been used, but awakening is like jumping off a mountain. Uh, it looks like suicide, but you never hit. There's nothing to hit. You just fall forever. There's anything. Nothing ever happens. Like His Holiness the Sixteenth, uh, Karmapal said, nothing happens. <laughs> Everybody chuckled. And made, made bumper stickers and stuck it all over their Volkswagen buses. Can we see the depth of something? You you can be you, you see it when you start to get frightened. That's when you start to see the depth. And then, then uh, maybe you'll begin to fall. But you just notice after a while that you never hit anything. Kind of disappointing. We all like results. Wham! They finally made it to the bottom of the cliff. <laughs> even someone, not to go off into a different, but even someone committing suicide. It's a very similar kind of uh, metaphor. It's, it's a heartbreaking metaphor and a sad metaphor and it's a scary metaphor. But you cannot kill this. I mean, you can stop this body-mind complex, wham, you can jump off a building or off in a river. But who you are can't be destroyed. You'll, you'll still be there with the same spinning mind wondering what in the hell happened here. Or you, maybe you'll look down and say, who's that laying there? Don't believe a word I say. I'm not here to convince you of anything. Nothing here to believe. I'm not here promoting anything other than but I know who you are. That might be a really good idea. You take nothing away but that. And that involves a lot of looking at it. So. You brought up how we're attached to results, like the, the heading. Um, is it helpful in a relative sense to, to pull back away from results? Like maybe not push through to a... I'm just speaking for my own personal... I knew you were speaking for a junction. Yeah. But I know I like rush through things and I like try to get to that completion. I try to like finish up so I can have that like satisfaction of having done something. Is that why you do such a shabby job and like... <laughs> Keep coming. So, is it helpful to, in that really relative situation, to back away from yeah, it? A little bit. So, I'm not I'm mocking you or making fun of you, but I'm, I'm just saying a little bit. But, but not, don't overdo it to the point where you've got to get some kind of a result out of it. Don't look for results. Just look at look at the, the process situation. Stay in the process of it. Just like the process of sitting meditation. You know, you might check in with your results every four or five years and see how your meditation is going. It's like uh, the image I'm always using is the going up the side of a mountain. It's a big mountain. And if you're going up the mountain and you're always looking for, am I at the top? You know, it's kind of a dumb question to somebody who, who's looking at the whole mountain. Uh, somebody standing halfway up the mountain saying, why don't I ever get to the top of the mountain? As they stand still or sit on a log or, you know, smoke a camel. Don't smoke camels. So what am I saying? You're wherever you're at. If you're out in this, then you're somewhere on that that line, and it's a, it's relative until it's not. So it's a relative situation. You have to do it until it's until you see what it fundamentally is. Then the whole mountain there isn't any mountain, and there isn't any top. There isn't any direction. There isn't anything else. Nothing else, and that's uh, could be disappointing. Another question from Ben in Florida. Yes. Can you please describe spiritual friendship and how to point out each other's blind spots? Don't bother. Point out everybody's blind spots. So look at your own blind spots. See if you have blind spots. And if you, how, how can you see a blind spot? The very nature of seeing, uh, you see they're blind. You do that. But as far as a uh, friendship with other people, mind your own business. Unless someone asks you, and then be very careful. You just respond to the question. Don't 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 try to go in and help somebody with their psychology or their spiritual path. Unless you are invited or asked or given permission. Any questions? All right. Thank you.
stand and dedicate the merit at the back of our red chant books. I'd like to call everybody's attention once again to the donation boxes in the hallway. As always, we appreciate and depend on your generosity to help keep these teachings alive. Thank you. May the merit of this penetrate into all places so that we, every sentient being together, can realize the best way. The ten directions of three worlds, all Buddhas, all venerable ones, Bodhisattvas, Mahasattvas, the great Prajna, Paramita, 